What's up, everybody? Welcome to Brandon's Face. It's the podcast about a playlist. I'm Jonathan Beardsley. And I'm Brandon May. We've been off for the past two weeks, so we have a lot to talk about. So we are going to run through the singles and EPs a little faster than usual. Anything you want to talk about before we begin, though? Uh, no, man. I think uh, I think I'm good. We've got uh, we've got a lot of music to get through, and <laughs> and uh, let's uh, let's handle. All right, let's do it. Starting with a new one from Lane 8 called Rave. I think this one has been an ID in his live sets for a while. It was finally released in conjunction with his most recent This Never Happened show. What are your thoughts on this one? Uh, This track just builds and builds and builds and builds. It's a little simple for what I like in Lane 8 uh, and not my favorite track of his, but I did like it. Yeah, um, I'm sure this one hit at the live show that it was played at. Uh, I can't remember the full lineup i think sultan and shepherd were on it lee youth nice. was not i was kind of shocked he wasn't going to be on it but i'm sure it was a damn good time yeah yeah same uh moving on we got a new one from purple disco machine called bad company mm. i'm a little torn on this one like it's a little bit generic but the whole beverly hills cop soundtrack vibe on this song is pretty good <laughs> what are your thoughts on it uh man pdm is just really fucking good at making house music that's like groovy topical and with a disco flair man he just he can get it you know he gets it man um all right moving on we got a new one from pendulum and bullet for my valentine called halo this one sounds exactly how i imagined it would for the names attached yep like rock infused drum and bass you know yeah uh, good shit though, man. I hope we get more new Pendulum soon. Honestly, I, I wasn't really ready for this collab, man. I fucking loved this song. This is actually my song of the week. What? Uh, yeah, man, it's so good. Your song uh, of the two weeks, you mean? Well, I guess yeah, song of the two weeks. Uh, it it fucking wrecked me, man. Hearing Matthew on this track is just fucking wild. It it, it clearly was a collaboration that needed to happen. Apparently, yes. Any word on a new album from them? From Pendulum. Yeah, either of them, I guess. I've not for my heard Valentine, much from them recently. Bullet for My Valentine put one out, I think, either last year or the year before. We didn't cover it, and uh, I still haven't listened to it. I've heard it's very good, though. The consensus is that it's very good. Um, I, I'm unsure of whether or not that's true, but that's that's what I've heard. Uh, Pendulum is contractually required to put out one more album on their record label, so whether or not Are that happens, I don't Frank know. Are they just going to Frank Ocean this shit? <laughs> uh, I, I mean, they're... There, Rob Swire did a, did an AMA on Reddit and was basically like, we don't want to put out an album. We don't want to tour. I just want to do Knife Party, but I'm contractually obligated to put out another album. So one day we will. It was like touring with a full band fucking sucks. Yeah, I could imagine, especially around that time in the type of shows that they were playing, that most raves are not equipped for full band setups and changeovers. Right. Uh, all right, moving on, we got a new one from... Dom Dalla and Nelly Furtado called Eat Your Man. As much as I love Nelly's voice, it doesn't really stand out on this one. Like, the beat is pretty good, but I feel like this one could have been a little better. Maybe it's because I'm not hearing her sing over a Timbaland beat. But I don't know. I, I wanted a little more from this. What about you? Yeah, I'm not a big fan of this. It's okay. It's not bad, but it's not amazing. little too Vegas club. Yep. Um, all right, moving on, we got a new one from Anima and Grimes called Welcome to the Opera, and this man just does not fucking miss, dude. I've enjoyed every song he's dropped this year. I hope he packages them all together as an album sometime. What are your thoughts on this one? Yeah, I actually even really like Grimes' vocals on this one. Uh, is it really again. her, or is it the AI that she's licensed that anybody can use? 
Sure. Um, <laughs> just what's the difference? It's, it's one and the same, I guess. <laughs> isn't she? Isn't doesn't she identify as an AI? Um, Anima just makes melodic tech powerhouse their powerhouse music. Man, it's just it's so good. Um, it is becoming a little formulaic, but I've loved every single release, like you've said. I so. like the formula. Yeah, the for, <laughs> the formula the formula works. The drops are always satisfying, and especially right. because they drop like a video of him doing the shit live, which always has some incredible visual tie-in, and it just. I don't know. It brings the, together the picture in my head, I guess. People in uh, super pretentious communities uh, are saying that vi- the visuals are uh, the visuals are too much. And like if, if it's synced to a visual, that means he's not really mixing. And I, I don't really care. Eat my ass. Um, <laughs> all right. Moving on. We got a new one from RL Grime and 070 Shake called Pour Your Heart Out. What are your thoughts on this one? Uh it's always a fucking great week when we get new RL Grime music, man. Agreed. This is absolute madness. I'm unsure if Shake's vocals on this one are my thing, but it, it does it does work for what it's for for what it's worth. Uh, I'm on the same wavelength as you. I I want to like this track a little bit more, but I feel like it's the vocals, and she contributes plenty of vocals to songs that we've covered lately, and they usually yep. don't bother me. But this one, I just feel like could have been elevated a little bit more. Feel like but it's I, a collab made in hype instead of yes. a collab made in music heaven. Exactly, it didn't really deliver on its promise in that regard. But always happy to see R.L. Grime releasing new music. Hopefully, oh, yeah. this is on the way to a new album. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, got a new one from Kill the Noise. Feed me and Tasha Baxter called Mirage. I know you're loving this one. This track goes fucking hard. Bro. It fucks, man. Uh, I what it wasn't exactly what I was expecting from a collab between these two, but oh man, it really hits. I'm really stoked for. I think Kill the Noise has a project coming out. I don't think it's a full collab project, but here in Feed Me, Kill the Noise and Tasha Baxter doing vocals for 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 Feed Me again. Whew, mm-hmm. Let's go. Yeah, this song fucks so hard. It's not even funny. <laughs> so good. So they needed to stop fucking around and start working on the collab album right now. Yeah, man. I told I told my wife that uh, "Feed Me and Kill the Noise" just released a, a, a new track, and she was like, "Oh, I was just listening to I Do Coke." <laughs> God damn, has it been that long? <laughs> yeah. Jesus Christ, man. Well, I'm glad they're back together. Same. Uh, all right, we got a Gorgon City remix of "Where You Are" by John Summit. Let's discuss it, man. Does it top the original? Uh, yeah, I think it does, bro. This is a straight <laughs> fucking banger, man. It's a fucking banger, dude. It's a lot different than the original, but yeah, it, it might be better, at least for my personal taste. It, it fucking goes hard. In, in fact, it goes hard for a Gorgon City track, too. Like, it's, yeah, it's nothing like, on their last album was like this. It's like that they I remember. snapped. They were, they, were just, they were just like, you want to make a banger? The other guy was like, yeah. <laughs> you know? I would love it if they did that more often. Um, anything else in the dance music realm you, you want to talk about this week? Uh, I do want to say that I didn't I, I didn't like the Fortet remix of In the Yuma. Um, I did not either. It's a little discordant. Sure. And then uh, Zoo's uh, uh, Mortal <laughs> Kombat Fatal. It's a great track. I think Skrillex still did it better, but, you know. Yes. I, I think this is for, like, a remake a of Mortal Kombat yeah. 1. No, the game. I oh, think they're doing, like, what they've been doing with the Resident Evil games. Like, oh, remake word. them with modern graphics and, like, 3D mapping and all that shit. 
Cool, man. Are you into that? Are you into like remaking old games or do you think they should all just be working on new shit at this point? I think that the, uh, I think that the money is in remakes. Nostalgia. Uh, yep. Unfortunately. So studios are going to do what studios do and chase money. And if the remakes are good, then that's awesome. Like they redid uh, the Resident Evil ones, I think are pretty, uh, I haven't played any of them, but I've heard that they're all done really yeah. well. I heard they're really good. Um, and like um, I heard they're redoing some of the dead spaces, which is pretty fucking cool to me uh, because they, you know, they're brand new graphics and shit like that. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I If they're going to remake a game, just uh, in my opinion, just upscale the graphics, sell it again or whatever. But like, don't change anything else. You know, ma- yeah, the, the music, the music fine. But like, e- even then, like the music is like such a big part of games to me. Like, Imagine if they changed the music on, like, say, Ocarina of Time or something when they redid mm-hmm. that one. Like, come on, bro. It just wouldn't be the same. This is why the remake of Tony Hawk 1 and 2 was perfect. Because they kept the fucking original soundtrack, just added, added a few new it. songs. Yep. yep. And it was beautiful. Uh-huh. All right. Getting back to music, let's get into the, the like, pop R&B and hip-hop realm of things. Starting with this new one from Rosalia called Tuya. For a pop star to be over six years into their career and still not have a bad song is just incredible, <laughs> man. She's getting better with every release. You liking this one? She's got this like super authentic inflection in her singing that's just uh-huh. beautiful. I love the way she sings. This incredible. track is fucking cool. Uh, did you see her on Hot Ones? I did not. Was she really? Yeah, she was on last week. It's pretty interesting. Give it, Give it a watch. I will. I will. Uh, moving on, we got a new one from Dominic Fight called Mona Lisa. It's off the deluxe edition of the new Spider-Man soundtrack. I have no idea what this fucking song has to do with <laughs> Spider-Man, but it's a jam regardless of what album it, it's on. It's kind of generic dance pop, but it's done really well. It's extremely catchy, and it's not surprising considering it's produced by Stargate and Kenny Beats, who are two of the best right now. Oh, this you is a Kenny this Beats one? one. That's why I liked it, yeah. Because I haven't, I haven't liked a lot of Dominic Fike stuff, or at least I haven't loved a lot of Dominic Fike stuff. But I, I did like this one. I did like this one. Typical Fair. radio rock rap track, though, in my opinion. It's it's yeah. It's, it's pretty. It's pretty boring. But I did listen to Metro Boomin's uh, Spider Verse soundtrack, which we're not going to talk about. But I just need to say that Lil Wayne, the fir- being the f- the one the first verse on that album, mm-hmm. just it's unfair for everybody following him. <laughs> I love the Wayne effect, man. Uh, it was the 15-year anniversary of the Carter Three, the like a few days ago, and so of course I threw that on. And by the end of the three-peat intro, you're like, "God damn it! How do you, <laughs> yeah. like, how do you top this guy? He has to be on everybody's best of list somewhere in the top ten at, at least." I think he just did an interview, and uh, the interviewer asked him, "Would you ever be interested in a versus battle?" And he said, "Yeah, maybe against like me." He was like, what do you mean? He was like, who else can go up against me? Oh, so I did see that. And I believe he even like elaborated. I would like to go against the mixtape version of myself. <laughs> Which for those who weren't around for his mixtape run in the mid 2000s, it was fucking unreal, man. Just, oh my God. Some of those albums, some of those songs are my favorite Little Wayne songs to date. Him rapping over the ice cream beat just fucking was insane, man. That No Ceilings mixtape gets at least one play a year from me. It's incredible. Um, we stand Wayne on this channel. <laughs> his music, not his politics. Uh, <laughs> all right, let's move on to a new one from Chica. So this is called Requiem for a Dream. 
it's about fucking time she dropped another song. She's been quiet for so long that I was kind of starting to worry that we wouldn't hear from her again. She's been very open on social media and in the lyrics to this song about the struggle she's been going through. And I want her to do what's best for her. But like selfishly, I'm happy she's using music as a way to express herself again. Yep. And we get to hear all the stuff that makes her so great on a track that's way too short. We get her flow, which is just as magnetizing as ever. We get her singing, which really came into its own on her last EP. I hope we get more from her soon, but I'm just grateful we got this. Uh, what were your thoughts on this one? My notes say Chica Snap or something? Yes. <laughs> this yes. is so good. Dude, I missed her so much. Uh, anything else in the pop, R&B, or rap realm you want to discuss? Uh, that No ID beat on that Saba track is Oh, yeah. Great. Human Nature, right? Uh, yeah, yes, I think yes. we're headed towards an album from them, but I, I don't yeah. think that's official yet. It seems like we're going that way. They've definitely been in the studio quite a bit. And then uh, one one last thing is that Playboy Cardi mm-hmm. has no place in this popular song. Uh, and so does anybody have a place in that it. song? <laughs> uh, I'm I'm blown away that Playboy Cardi has a following at all, let alone the size of the following that he actually does have. It, his it, his verse is just atrocious. The only thing I liked about that song was the synth. That's it. I think that this idol era of the weekend is complete garbage so far. I haven't even <laughs> seen the show, but the music, double fantasy, this shit. I know they've been dropping like songs that are from the show lately on on streaming. I have not even given them the time of day. No. I, I think it's I don't know, man. Like I haven't loved a weekend album since Kiss Land. And I thought After Hours was good. Don FM was really good. But I don't know. This ain't it. This ain't fair. it for me. Super fair. Um, all right. Let's move into the rock realm of things. I'll let you kind of lead the way here. The only one I have notes for is the Bring Me the Horizon song. <laughs> but uh, we have a lot in this realm, and I feel like we should probably talk about some of these. So what are what were some what were some of your favorites this week? All right. Well, first up, Portugal the Man without a feature. They're just so much better without a feature. About time. They, they, <laughs> they put out the song Plastic Island. I believe their album is coming out soon, if not next week, then or this week, then next week, I think. Next week. Um, yeah. I feel like it's like popular to have features. And to be honest, they've like chosen great features for these singles that they've released. I just mm-hmm. really like them better when they're alone. Um, agree. Let's see. We've got another Queens of the Stone Age. That album uh, drops this week. It sure do. Uh, this is a song by Queens of the Stone Age. You can tell by the way that it is. Uh, they don't stray too far from the trail that they beat, but no one really wants them to. I don't think so. They people kind of like knowing what they're going to get. And after so long without a Queens of the Stone Age album, I think it's I think it's going to be a Queens of the Stone Age album. Did you see the news yesterday about Josh? About, yeah, about Josh, unfortunately, having cancer. I didn't look much into it. I saw so a headline he, and didn't read it. Sounds like he's already had the surgery and it was successful oh, to remove great. it and all of that. He doesn't elaborate at all and doesn't sound like he wants to. I don't really care if he does. But it sounds like there will be a lot behind the lyrics to this album to look into for sure. That's great. I'm a big lyric guy. I know you are, so I wanted to give you some backstory. Sewin <laughs> uh, put out a new uh, track from uh, what I'm hoping is a, uh, which is definitely going to be a new record. Uh, it's a little more clean than Proggy, but I still really enjoyed it. 
Um, new front bottoms. New front bottoms. Yep. Yeah. I think uh, we all have a little rage inside of us that could be released with a punching bag. Uh, this band is just really eloquent in the way they portray really like relatable things in jarring ways while like the yeah. surrounding music is like really glittery and happy. I fucking love that. Same. August 4th, their new album drops. Fuck yes. Uh, Anne Berlin put out a new record or a new, uh, new track rather. Um, mm-hmm. and they put out that EP last year and I think this is better than those songs even. And I thought those songs were really good. Agree. Um, what did you think about Johnny baseball's cover of, uh, forget my name by uh, a little band <laughs> called newfound glory. I thought it was decent. Like it, that's a tough song to cover and me go, Oh, this, this is better, but <laughs> I didn't hate it for sure. For sure um let's see here uh moving more into the metal world we have a a song called uh lunar haze from a band called what lies below um Mm -hmm. this is actually like really refreshing metalcore it's kind of been getting formulaic for me lately and i really really liked this one yeah we've had a ton of formulaic metalcore this year we sure have uh, speaking of unformulaic metalcore, we have a metalcore song by a little band called Bring Me the Motherfucking Horizon. Um, featuring featuring Lil Uzi Vert. Lil Uzi Vert. Oh, of Glassjaw. Oh, dude. So <laughs> leave it to Lil Uzi Vert to save the scene the same way he saved the deluxe edition. Am I right? <laughs> uh, I'm joking, obviously. But like the guy got on stage with Paramore at Madison Square Garden last week and did misery business with them. And now we are reviewing a new track he's on with Bring Me the Horizon and Daryl Palumbo. And it's the heaviest song Bring Me the Horizon have released in years. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what your thoughts and feelings on this one are, but it shouldn't work. But I thought it kind of did. And like all modern Bring Me releases, I'm confused at how much I like it in a way that only they can make me feel. How yeah. are you feeling? About it? I'm, I'm just going to say it straight up. This song is fucking great. Like I, I, I'm not Love even it. a little bit on one side of, um, I'm like on the, well, it might be, no, this song is fucking great, man. This is the first bring me the horizon track that I've just outright liked in a long time. Uh, and I think, uh, I think that it, I think that Uzi Vert yes. being, being a part of the scene is, uh, let's go. Right. <laughs> the more the merrier, honestly. Sure. Uh, moving on, we have a, a new one from Arrow Mines, but more importantly, it's featuring a little band called Evergreen Terrace. Did you ever get into Ever them? heard of them? Yeah. <laughs> uh, what fucking year is it, bro? This track is fucking great. Yeah, um, I it. So Kit Fisto put out their new song called Midwest Outcast, uh, which I am a fan of. Uh, I've been on like a real hardcore punk kick lately, and I found a few labels and a few artists, so we'll be listening to a little bit more of it. Um, I don't really care if you like it or not. Uh, This band stood out to me and happened to release a new track this week, so I threw it on. Uh, Their last EP is excellent. Uh, Very, very small band, but I really, really dig them. Uh, Let's see here. Promise Me Downfall is a band. I think we've covered um, their their last single as well. Yeah, I think we did. Uh, this track is giving me major Dead to Fall vibes, uh, and I love that shit. Uh, yes. Small band. I basically know nothing about them though. So fair. Anything uh, on Good Morning Guilty before we move on to the EP? <laughs> what a song title! Great track. Uh, <laughs> real Silverstein energy, on in my opinion. Yeah. Oh, okay. I could see that a little bit. 
And that's a that's high praise coming from you. It is. I really did like it. I All thought right, Love was on. a fairy tale, but it turned out to be a horror story is the song title. That's a great fucking song title. Great song <laughs> title. All caps. Yes, we need sentence long song titles more often. I've been saying that for years now. Um <laughs> All right, moving on to the EPs. I'm going to let you handle the pronunciation of this first artist. I've been I've been thinking about it for like a week. Uh, Pianetti Sintetici, I believe it's what it is. <laughs> the the EP is called Espolara 2. How are you feeling about it? Uh, so this is the second installment of uh, a guy named David Peroni, uh, who's one half of Primal Code, who we've covered a couple of tracks of theirs. Uh, it's released on a record label called Hypnos Records on the Full Moon, as this record label only releases things on Full Moons. Ah, that's right. Um, You've told me about this label. Yep. This is what the kids are calling hypnotic techno. Uh, and I gotta say, I fucking love it, bro. It's not club bangers, but man, it hits the spot that I like didn't know need to be hit. Um, I think it's pretty good stuff. Uh, I'll be following hipness and i'll be awaiting the third installment of the explorer trilogy which is happening um if you haven't go check out the first one i think it's pretty good what did, did we think review about this that one? one no we didn't i just found i just found this label and this artist and i listened to it and i was like oh yeah this is great oh for sure um so i only heard this one once and i didn't get a chance to take notes on it the only note i got down just said techno yeah so that's it uh-huh. <laughs> that tracks yeah, okay. for sure. That is. Yep, that's that's it. All right. Uh, moving on to a new one from Dave and Central C called Split Decision. This EP blew me away, dude. As as an ignorant American who's just getting into more UK rap, I'm kind of ashamed that I've never heard of Central C until this project. But I quickly hit follow once I heard Sprinter, which is also my song of the week. There it is. Uh, maybe the year. Who knows? It's it's great. But like this whole EP is fucking great. I love that they decided to release a split to celebrate both of their birthdays. <laughs> I don't know if I've ever heard of two hip hop hip hop artists doing that. Uh, but yeah, man, I'm going to be bumping this one for a while. Can't wait to hear what they do next. What are your thoughts on it? All right. I'm a big fan of this for a number of reasons. Number one, the F40, or is that an F50 on the cover? I think um, it's an F50. I think it's an F50. Uh, the e- the CP is just fucking fire, bro. I've been listening to it all week. The wordplay, the callbacks where he's like, this bitch looks like SZA. And then on the next track, he's like, we got an SOS. Uh, mm-hmm. The way just, they just trade off so smoothly. It's honestly a fucking amazing rack project in a rear, in a year that's been filled with like lackluster releases, in my opinion. Um, Agree. I wish it was longer. I wish they did a whole fucking album, man. I mean, if, 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 if I could get like an entire album of this kind of energy, let's fucking go. I'm I think a, I'm about that. Obviously, I want that too, but this is a great case for quality over quantity. Fair. Like, all four of these are great Fair. in their own way. They're different. And yeah, just that that back and forth between them is chemistry you can't really teach. I'm surprised that they snap together so well. Yeah, um, I, think, I think it's real good, man. I couldn't stop listening to this one. Yeah, it was great. Uh, I only got a chance to hear this Surprise Chef one once. I don't really have any notes on it. What did you think about it? Uh, I think we covered a couple of these singles already. I liked it. I didn't listen to it as much as some of the other projects these uh, these last two weeks because, well, there's like a lot. There's like a lot more. Fucking tons. (laughs) Uh, One of those is this new EP from a band called a group called No Guidance. The EP is called Is It a Crime? This is the debut EP from a four piece R and B group. this kind of came out of nowhere for me, but after looking into them a bit, it seems like they were starting to achieve some viral success on TikTok over the past year or so. 
think they had about 100,000 monthly listeners as of writing my notes. I imagine that's going to grow quite a bit once more R&B fans discover them. All four of these guys have great voices. They stand out individually, but also complement each other in a way that's very necessary to make music like this. I thought all four tracks of these were great, but it's the title track I keep coming back to over and over again. I hit follow within a few seconds of hitting play on that one, and I honestly just can't wait to see where they go from here. My only knock on this one is just way too short. Not in terms of the amount of tracks, but the length of the tracks. Yeah. Like, if you got four guys that can sing like this, we need longer verses. Let them open up some ad-lib runs over a loop of the hook like all the greats do. I know they would kill it, but seeing as they're just getting started, they're only going to get better with time. This is a hell of a EP to kick it off with. What did you think of this one? Did you get a chance to give it a spin or two? Oh, yeah, man. This is like old school 90s R&B. It's wholesome. It's sultry. It's smooth. It's really well produced. I'm very much looking forward to more more things from No Guidance. Yeah. Great, great debut. Yep. Uh, all right. Let's end the EPs this week with this new one from Brooklyn called Stay Toxic. I know we reviewed at least the title track as a single. The vibes on that track carry over to the rest of the EP. I think all songs have features, but I don't really know any of the features. So these all just sound like, Brooklyn. I guess, what I think Brooklyn sounds like. <laughs> yeah, like kind of posy, kind of aggressive punk. It's really fun to listen to. What do you think about it? All bangers. All bangers. Paranoid is fucking great. So is Stay Toxic. Big fan of yep. big, big, big fan of all of them. Good man. That's a hell of a hell of a review for you, Brandon. I love it. Just bangers. Uh, uh all right man let's move on to the albums this week shall we absolutely we've got a ton of them all right let's kick it off with this new one from the foo fighters but here we are what are your thoughts on it all righty sir so uh damn this band has had a rough year man uh the loss of taylor their drummer and the loss of dave's mom virginia is really fucking hard to go through i bet um I, as you know, am a huge fan of the Foo Fighters. Not every album, obviously, but I do like a ton of their music. I believe we reviewed uh, Medicine at Midnight when it released, and I thought that one was a little lackluster. I loved the album before that, Concrete and Gold, and I thought the album before that, Sonic Highways, was a little lackluster as well, even though they, they had a whole fucking HBO series about the recording of that one. Yeah. All of that being said, I really enjoyed this record. It's the first full album, and somebody can correct me if I'm wrong here, that Dave actually tracked the drums for in totality. And they and the drums really stand out throughout the record. Uh, this is a Foo Fighters album, but they got really vulnerable with the lyrics on a lot of these tracks, uh, like The Teacher, Show Me How, Under You. Uh, and they have a few softer songs that bring me back to their album, uh, In Your Honor. Closing the album with a, the, the track Rest is just a tearjerker and a really cathartic way to end the record. As a big fan of the band, I really enjoyed this one. If you aren't already a fan, this probably won't change your mind much. Uh, but I'm going to give this a seven and a half. Uh, my standout is Under You. What did you think about this one? That's fair, man. Uh, you already know my thoughts on this one. It's I've never Foo been a record. Foo Fighters fan. Probably never will be. You could be right that seeing them live would change that. But like, it, given it most how much, definitely would. Given how much live shows cost now and the fact that I have not been to a real music festival in over 10 years, I think the odds of that happening are pretty slim at this point. So with that in mind, my review of the album is pretty much the same as all of the singles we've reviewed so far and probably all of their music as a whole to me, which is it's fine if you're into this sort of thing. 
you definitely Fair. have a better ear for this type of stuff and a deeper knowledge of their discography to know if it's better or worse than previous projects. It all kind of sounds the same to me. It's very radio safe alt rock, the little grunge worked in from time to time. Lyrically, it is very well written. I wouldn't seek it out, but I'm also not going to complain if somebody had it on. So I'm giving this one like a five to six. My standout is rescued, but there was a few other decent tracks on it too. Yeah. All right. That's fair. Uh, all right, man. Let's talk about the hot topic of the last two weeks in the rock <laughs> world, which is this new one from Avenge Sevenfold. Can I go first? Life is but a dream. Oh, you bet your ass you're going first. All right. The time we've been waiting for is here. It is my review of the new Avenge Sevenfold <laughs> album. So uh, I've been dying to talk to you about this record, man, because yes. I, I, I have some words. So during my research for this record, someone on the internet mentioned that it's a concept album. And I spent maybe 15 minutes trying to find what the fuck is the concept here? God, um, you didn't pick that up. In the, it is. It, isn't a concept album, but that probably would have made it like, I don't know, like 0.1% more bearable. Here's Maybe. what I really think about this record. If you described this album to me without me here, without me listening to it first, polyrhythmic drumming, time signature changing guitar riffs, M shadows right off the vocal coaching thing he was doing. They get heavy, they get soft, they get progressive, experimental and sonically challenging at times. I would tell you, fuck yeah, dude, that sounds amazing. It is, however, not fucking amazing. Uh, the idea, like the creative change in direction is something that I really admire in a band that has been uh, kind of iconic for a couple decades here. The execution of this, though, leaves so much to be desired, man. I wasn't able to resist the hype on this one, and I fell into one of my many forums where people were discussing the album. I sent you one such one via text message. Uh, there were two extremely dichotomous feelings across the Internet after this released. Uh, one, it's a masterpiece and the best album they've ever heard from uh, A7X, or it's absolute fucking garbage. I don't think that I'm going to say garbage, as I do like like a ton of the riffs that they used, and the drumming is some of the best they've had on a, rec on a recorded album since The Rev died. That being said, though, this album does really suck. Regardless of the good, I really did try to find in it. I went back and listened to their entire discography in preparation for this review because I wanted to hear how they have progressed as a band. And obviously, there's some genuinely fantastic gems in their back catalog. Sure. Sounding the Seventh Trumpet has that raw, hardcore feel that I remember. Waking the Fallen has that melodic death metal worship-influenced metalcore sound that I remember. Unholy Confessions is just fucking epic. Uh, City of Evil has that just almost but not really prog sound that everyone kind of fell in love with back in 2005. Then Hail the King is actually a really good record, man. Self-titled is all right. The stage is kind of a mess, in my opinion. It didn't feel like that they had many creative juices left, and they were really just kind of phoning it in, trying to put a record out to put a record out. That's not necessarily a bad thing when it comes, but when it comes through the music, it definitely can be. I say all of this because I wanted to see how they got from all of that to this. This album is a fucking 4D, 360 degree turn into another dimension completely. Cringy lyrics paired with jarring thematic changes paired with weird instrumentations at like odd times. That's it's like someone read the definition of what progressive metal is and decided not to put any thought at all into like the recording of this album and just said, here's some synths and a harp. This has to be prog shadows voice. 
at sometimes sounds fucking great and at app and absolutely dog shit at sometimes uh like those like those exasperated screams on mattel by the way uh-huh. why would you name a song mattel i just i genuinely don't get it are they shilling for hot wheels the cringy lyrics are like really poorly written man i i have no idea who wrote this but holy fuck bro they had seven years to write it all in all i i i I definitely did not like this album. It is in my nature to find things about music that I like. And I did like a number of times on this record, but no matter how hard I tried, it missed the mark every single time. It's like every time a song was good for like 20 seconds, it became shitty for the next minute and a half. I'm going to give this one a two out of 10. Um, I stand out as I don't fucking know, man. Dude, I was going to start off my review by asking you what the fuck this is, but you just answered it better than I could ever have imagined. Uh, I, I will disagree with you on a few tiny things. M. Shadow's voice is never good on this album. And like you said, you kind of search for the good to find. So God bless you for doing that. But I thought the instrumentals were inconsistently good and the vocals were just consistently terrible. The only thing I liked about the album was literally the ambition it took to attempt something like it. And I think bands should step out of their comfort zone a few times over the course of their career, especially one as long as they've had as a group. But this one is just a shot and a miss, dude. I wish I had more nice things to say about it, anything nice to say about (laughs) it. But I gave this one two full spins, headphones and all, could not get into a single fucking moment of it. I'm also giving this one a two, and I don't have a standout either. Oh, boy. It was great to get that off my chest, man. People have asked yeah, me I've about been, it. And I've, I've just been, been dying been, to hear you. I've, like, I've just been thumbs down or, you know, like I don't, I don't really. <laughs> that's, that's No, man, you summed it up perfectly. That was beautiful. Thank um, you. All right, let's move on to something a little happier, shall we? So sure. we got a new one from Beach Fossils called Bunny. We've had two weeks to listen to it. You've actually had fucking three because you got the vinyl a week before the album came out. I did. So, man, after sitting with it for a while, what are your thoughts on it? So, uh, like we talked about with the singles, I knew how this entire record was going to sound. And I Mm -hmm. love it. Uh, This album is like the adult version of Coming to Age, like Turning 30 edition. At least least I think. There's more maturity in the way they write about love. Uh, Friends are moving away. Problems with communication. Reflecting on younger days. Being in love with everyone while being young. And not having, and having like a more jaded feeling now. I think anybody over 25 can probably relate to this. Uh, They have this kind of, this like fuzzy kind of like beachy city vibe to them that just fucking speaks to me, man. Not to mention the bass lines. They have some of the best bass lines in the game right now. A lot of bands bury the bass in the mix, but with Beach Fossils, it is right up front, just how I like it. They let the guitar kind of glitter all around it, but the bass and the lyrics are the true stars of this album. Just like The Setting Sun is a fucking gorgeous track Mm -hmm. the singles were all great that we talked about during the rollout but i think the album cuts really shine here man tracks like dreamy uh tracks like the dreamy anything is anything and uh obviously setting sun and that bassy track numb are all fantastic i'm gonna be coming back to this one pretty much every weekend i think for the rest of the year (laughs) um it's a perfect saturday morning drink your coffee sort of thing uh i give it an eight my standout is just like the setting sun what did you think about this one john I uh, I like dreamy indie stuff like this every once in a while. It's very like cigarettes after sex adjacent, and I don't mind throwing them on from time to time, even though I wouldn't really consider myself a fan. 
I have very similar Fair. feelings about this album. Like, it's really good when I'm in the mood for something like this. Maybe a little too monotonous when I'm not. But the one thing they do well, they do pretty fucking well, man. And I'm sure fans of theirs like yourself are just happy to have some new music to listen to for the first time in like six years. Right. The album of piano ballads notwithstanding. This one really didn't shoot to like... That. Yeah, yeah, we reviewed that actually. <laughs> no, I forgot about that. <laughs> Yeah, this one's not going to be on my albums of the year list or really solidify me as a long-term fan, but for what it is, I thought it was pretty damn good, man. I'm going to give it a seven. My standout is Sleeping on My Own. Awesome. Uh, how's the vinyl? Packaging really nice? It's actually really cool, man. Came with a came with a pin and a keychain. Oh, full poster. Great color. Sounds beautiful. I love the cover art. It's really well done. It's, yeah, it's really neat. I think it's really neat. Uh, all right, man, let's talk about this new Rancid album, Tomorrow Never Comes, man. I've really been enjoying this one. What about you? Uh, if you had asked me what I wanted from a new Rancid album, I would describe to you this exact album. It's poppy while not compromising the punk, short songs, topical, relatable lyrics, melodies, uh, Tim Armstrong's signature inflection all culminate to a fantastic release from Rancid on Tomorrow Never Comes, which is their first release in five years. Lyrical content, as always, is top notch. I fucking love this band. If you have not seen them live, go do it. It's a fucking party every time. Uh, Nine out of ten. Standouts are Hellbound Train, One Way Ticket, or Don't Make Me Do It. It's it's so easy of an album to just fucking throw on and have yeah. it be done in 25, 30 minutes. It's just, it's perfect. Yeah, dude, I agree. The only thing modern about it is the production quality. Other than that, it's a straight up 90s street punk album, which you we pretty much knew was going to be the case from the singles we heard. But it's nice to be able to confirm that after hearing the album in full. Right. Not a lot of surprises here. Just a group of guys who know how to make top-tier punk music for people like us to enjoy. We've covered a lot of groups that started in the 90s who are still making new music today. And the first thing you can usually hear aging is the vocals. Definitely not the case with this album. Tim sounds exactly the same. Dude, yeah, they sound just as good as the first time I heard them. The only thing that's changed is me at this point. I don't really <laughs> listen to like punk like this very often, but damn, it's nice to be taken back to the old days when I used to with a high-quality album like this, man. I'm giving it an 8. My standout is the title track, Tomorrow Never Comes. Fuck yeah. All right, man, I've been anxiously awaiting your review of this next one, which is the new album from Proto Martyr called Former Growth in formal growth in the desert. What are your thoughts on it? So I did a track by track on this one and uh I've been a Hit I've been a, I've been a fan of Proto Martyr since I discovered them I think 2017 2018. Uh their albums uh The Agent Intellect and Ultimate Success Today are fucking great in my opinion. I actually listen to both of those pretty often. I was very excited for this one and the singles they put out were intriguing for sure. Uh, Make Way serves as a fantastic intro to the album with its kind of like pseudo twang on the guitar and the way it leads perfectly into For Tomorrow. Um, mm -hmm. For Tomorrow has like a really neat synth line in the bridge and like fantastic vocal inflections from their vocalist Joe Casey. Elimination Dances starts with like a really great bass line and Joe does this thing with his voice that's very reminiscent of uh, the guy Lux Interior, not his real name, from The Cramps. Um, I love the melody on this one and I think the track is about alcoholism with the lyrics, uh, the tap calls the time. Uh, 
fun in high school gets stuck in my head so easily with the remember, remember when things were good. Uh, just an incredible track, man. The riff, the screaming vocals, the depressing lyrical content. This track is going to fucking rip live. Uh, let's tip the creator has, uh, just an incredible drum, uh, just an incredible drum line here. Uh-huh. And again, lyrical content is fucking great. Some of the best creators in this life have died from in the gutter dirt poor and they shouldn't, uh, graft verse host is an absolutely gorgeous commentary on love. I love the way that Joe paints pictures with his lyrics. He's got to be one of the best lyricists in rock music right now, man. If you sat down with these lyrics, you'd be like, whoa, whoa. I'm sure you did. And if you didn't, then maybe you should. 3,800 Tigers brings some energy to the record with its baseline and quicker tempo than we've seen the whole album. I think there's a sports analogy in the lyrics some here, but I'm not a follower of sports, so you'll have to help me with this one. Uh, a pole acrylics kid is another one about addiction. And the way the lyrics are just kind of like stomped over the instrumentals is something that proto martyr are like really good at lots of interesting analogies on this one. The, uh, can you hate yourself and still deserve love line is just fucking haunting. At first I thought fulfillment center was going to be about Amazon, but I was wrong. It's about finding love and fulfillment in your life. We know the rats, however, might be about Amazon. It's a whole ass allegory about (laughs) greedy, rich fucks hoarding everything while we toil and get beat by the police. Wild song, man. Uh, the, the riff between the verse and the chorus is fucking incredible. Uh, the author has this like sweeping drum beat and bass line that just encompasses everything. Uh, well, the lyrics tell you to love the ones you have before time takes them away. I believe this song is about Joe's mom. Uh, the closer rain garden has this like melancholy that's perfectly represented in the lyrics and the instrumentals and the way the vocals are delivered, man, this album is fucking great. I think that if you just listen to it without paying attention to the lyrics, you may not get everything. And I think, uh, this is definitely an active listening art rock album. I think this album is a nine out of 10, uh, everything. I like everything. I I can't, I couldn't pick a a favorite, although fun in high school or graft versus hosts. I mean, I'll name them all. We know the rats. (laughs) (laughs) What did you think about this one, man? So, I, I did not sit with the lyrics. I will have to look into that sports ball reference with you and get back to you. And maybe that's why my score is not quite as high as yours. But I enjoyed this one, man. I enjoyed the singles leading up to it. I was kind of wondering how I would enjoy a full album of like mid-tempo post-punk like this. The results were surprisingly positive. It was giving me some like Idols meets Fontaine's DC vibes. Mm-hmm. The vocals aren't very dynamic, but they aren't supposed to be. They put an emphasis on the lyrics and the tone, which I definitely appreciated. And like you said, the musicianship on this album is just excellent, especially the drumming, which turned out to be my favorite thing about it on subsequent listens. Overall, man, I have this one at a strong seven. My standout is just that three song run of Elimination Dances, Fun in High School, and Let's Tip the Creator. That was like the the three song run I kept looking forward to every time I started this one. So it's a great album, man. I, I do highly suggest you give it one more spin with the lyrics in front of you. It's on Spotify, so you can when you're when you're listening to it, they're all time synced and everything. I highly recommend it. It it, it might it might it might bump your score up a point. I it might, will. yes. Yes. Um, now that I have a little more music listening time ahead of me, I will definitely do that. Um, all right, let's move on to this new one from King Cruel called Space Heavy. I'm going to cut straight to the point here. Fucking love this. 
Um, I knew I was going to like it based on the singles, but holy shit, man. Everything I wanted him to do on here, he did. The Ooze is still my favorite of his to date, but this one has the potential to dethrone that over time. His last release was the live album, You Heat Me Up, You Cool Me Down. And what I loved about that album so much was the way he incorporated so much saxophone into songs that didn't have it previously. This album feels like it was written with the same vibe he was going for during that show. Even beyond the sax, the whole album has just a very live feel to it. And tonally, he just hits every mood on the mood board for me. We get the grungy stuff, the loungy stuff, the upbeat stuff, and it's all done perfectly with those trademark cement mixer vocals just tying it all together. And even from the standpoint of the way this album is constructed, it's flawless. The transitions are smooth, the interludes feel integral to the structure, and he hits that sweet spot of 45 minutes that makes me want to just dive back in as soon as it's done. Given this one a nine, my standout is Pink Shell, but I don't think there's a bad song on here. What are your thoughts on it? Proto Martyr into King Cruel on this playlist has to be <laughs> one of the artsiest transitions we've ever had here. Um, Incredible. The album starts with this kind of like melancholy, flimsy earth that kind of twists and turns with the guitars and the lyrics kind of like bounce around. The guitar line is incredible. Oh, yeah, man. Uh, Pink Shell brings in that like experimental King Cruel that we all know. Saxophone and dirty bass lines with like a yelling crescendo at the end is fucking awesome. Seaforth uh-huh. to me had this like Damon Albarn vibe to it, the way the vocals are delivered. Uh, again, the instrumentals kind of bounce around and create this atmosphere. The The way the instrumentals kind of drown out towards the end as like the sultry sax finishes the song is artsy as fuck. Uh, that is my life. That is yours. Isn't quite my speed, man. Kind of sleepy. And while the lyrics are good, they're not quite up to par with the rest of the record, in my Fair. opinion. Uh, Tortoise of Independency has all of the jazz elements I love. There's some like flute in here, some chill drumming. Almost sounds a little improv. Like you said, it has this like live feel to it. Really short track, but it does bleed directly into Empty Stomach Space Cadet, which starts with this kind of like beachy drum beat and beachy guitar mm-hmm. riff. I love the maybe inadvertent reference to Always Sunny in Philadelphia with the If I Die, Just Throw Me in the Trash line uh, <laughs> and the glittery sax on this one. Man, Flimsy, not to be confused with Flimsier, is a gorgeous interlude in an album that doesn't really need one. I feel like this could have just been like an intro or an outro, but it is really beautiful with the strings and the guitar licks that create like a really thick atmosphere. Uh Hamburger phobia finally brings a little bit of energy with the drums right up front continues throughout as the lyrics kind of twists around pain, depression and sadness from the swamp has this like beachy upbeat feel to the instrumentals while Archie kind of tells a story of repression. Uh, I really like this track, man. Sea girl is fucking beautiful. Beautiful. The juxtaposition. Yes, Ravina. Oh yeah, man. The juxtaposition of Archie and Ravina's vocals is is just lovely. And kind of take a backseat to the instrumentals on this one, and it like really works. This is a very well placed feature on a very well placed track on this album. Uh, the structure of this album is just incredible. Our vacuum is kind of another sleepy one mm-hmm. for me. Uh, it's artsy for sure, but it's not really my speed. Uh, I'm not a huge fan of like the spoken vocal, spoken word vocals in the second half of the track either. Uh, Space Heavy is just fucking great. I love the Incredible. yelling vocals, the guitar riff that was used, and like the jazzy breakdown towards the end. 
on when vanishing we have another string heavy instrumental break but it's mm-hmm. far longer than flimsy and it's got some like ethereal string work and it's fucking I awesome love it. man yeah if only it was warmth uh, it's kind of harsh towards whoever it was directed <laughs> to lyrically it's a very sleepy track instrumentally uh wednesday overcast is a great closer for this album it's got basically everything that the album had absolutely gorgeous string work with stomping drums and melancholy Mm -hmm. lyrics and vocals overall man i really enjoyed the album with a couple of exceptions just like due to the sleepiness i'm gonna give it an eight my standout is either sea girl or space heavy i really enjoyed this one man um i'm starting to become a pretty big king cruel fan but there's just some of these songs that are just not my tempo you know what i'm saying Oh, that's totally fair, man. I'm glad you enjoyed the album as much as you did. This one's up there with like Pierce the Veil from my rock albums of the year right now. This Hell one is yeah. fucking great. I love it. Awesome. Bought the vinyl, of course. Fuck you. Um, they were out of the limited edition white one. Though. God that's damn. okay. I know. I don't need to be a hype beast with a vinyl. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, let's move on to this new one from Jada G called Guy. As expected, she fucking killed it with this, dude. Her production, her vocals, her songwriting. It's, it's all working for me. There's an almost euphoric feeling that I get when listening to this one. She's not reinventing the wheel with anything on here, but her approach to dance music is just so refreshingly simple. I think it works on a lot of levels. There's depth to these tracks, but nothing feels overthought or more importantly overly complicated it's an approachable dance album that you can throw on at virtually any time and have fun listening to it the singles were a good indication of what we got circle back around and blue lights are probably the tracks i'll remember this album for but the album cuts provided my personal favorite moments that sick ass bass line walking across the back half of meant to be the ethereal indie jazz vibe of the outro track 15 foot i loved it uh i'm giving this one an eight my standout is Lonely Back in O. Hell what, yeah. What were your thoughts on this one? Uh, well, I was actually expecting a some, something a little less poppy and a little more housey than we got. Fair. Uh, there's plenty of house music here, and the poppiness that she added to these tracks is actually done very well. What I mean by poppy are like the choruses and vocalizations all kind of over the 4-4 beat. It's very friendly. It's perfect Saturday, Sunday morning listening, and it's yeah. really showing that she wants to grow as an artist, and I think... Most of the productions are like really good. The baseline though on Sapphires of Gold is fucking great. This album is definitely entertaining. I don't see myself coming back to it too often though. I don't think I liked it as much as you did. I'm going to give it a six. My standout was Sapphires of Gold. That's fair, man. I think that especially with the songs of hers we started covering that are more focused on the music and that house vibe. Like if you're going into it hoping and expecting for another both of us, that's not really the case here. This is like a different type of thing. She clearly it put is. a lot of, lot more work into the vocals and the lyrics than you would expect based on her house hits. Yep. I almost like going in more of an Alice in Wonderland direction of just doing everything herself, which I, I do respect, but I agree. I would love yeah. just a straight house record from her eventually too. Yeah, I, I again, I, it, this isn't bad. It's just not what I was expecting and maybe not for me. And I'm sure she'll release some fucking house bangers like she has in the past. So I'm not I'm not really worried about it, you know, but yeah, it was enough. it was done very well. Agree. Uh, all right. Let's talk about this new Janelle Monet album, The Age of Pleasure. I thought I found this album to be a lot of good, but not a lot of great vocally. She's very locked into this vibe that she's curating with these tracks. But I thought the production was lacking, at least for my taste. 
it's a fun album to kind of throw on when the weather's nice, but it had much less replay value for me than I was expecting, especially compared to her last album. I wouldn't say I hated this one by any means, but I'd be lying if I said I wasn't a little disappointed with it. I'm going to come back to it in a few weeks when I have less to listen to and see if it hits me any different, but so far this is not one of the more memorable pieces of work that she's put out. I'm happy she's in a place where she feels free enough to express herself however she wants, both physically and verbally. We got flagged for even trying to post this album artwork on Instagram, (laughs) but musically just did not do it for me. Overall, I'm feeling a strong six on this one. My standout is champagne shit. Did you feel any differently? Ah, yeah, man. Uh, this one was kind of a trudge for me to get through. Uh, I started, I started it like five times before I sat and like forced myself to sit down and listen to it. I feel like this album was touched by too many people in the music industry. It sounds very safe. It's clean. It's kind of fucking boring, to be honest. There are some moments for sure. Like obviously her voice does sound great throughout. There are moments when she's doing like a rap verse that she really finds a pocket. And there's some, Mm -hmm. and some of the production uh, on the album actually really does work. Other than that, I don't like the reggae and the dance hall moments on this. There aren't like a ton of them, but there's enough to like sour me. It just doesn't fit. Mm-hmm. Not a huge fan of all of the horns. Some of the lyrics are pretty cringy to me, and and the album is just structured really oddly. It just it feels odd. I really wanted to like this one because I do like plenty of her other projects yeah. and songs, but I think that this one was a miss for me, man. Uh, a dry red is my is my favorite track because that's where she sounds the best. I'm gonna give it a three. I did not like it. I'm not going to fight you on that. I feel like my score is a little higher because I wanted to like it so much. Maybe that's factoring into it, but definitely a disappointment. Yeah, definitely go listen to it again and see how it feels. Maybe I'll do that, but maybe I also won't. So. Yeah, I think this one could just be like the subtract album. Like I, I might have liked it a little more than you in the listen that I gave it, but I don't think either of us are really going to be clamoring to go back to it. Right. Um. All right. Let's move on to this new one from Rat Cage called Savage Visions. Talk to me about it. Nothing quite hits as hard as some UK hardcore punk, my man. The UK has had some notable, (laughs) prolific hardcore punk bands like Discharge, Exploited, GBH, Crass. Looks like Rat Cage is carrying the torch into the modern age. I really did like this album uh, when I needed a boost this week. I'm very curious to hear what your thoughts were. This is just all fucking full octane. Um, I'm going to give it a six and a half out of 10. My standout was nothing is sacred anymore. Uh, I know it's kind of all the same, but it's 25 minutes of fuck, fuck you. So, <laughs> dude, it's it's really fun. It's just a well-made thrash punk album with a lot of hardcore influence, man. There's no moments of levity, just kind of in your face riffs over some circle pit friendly beats, nonstop aggressive vocals on top of it all. And I think it clocks in somewhere around 20 minutes. They don't waste a second of that time. I have this one in the six to seven range as well. My standout is scapegoats of fear. But like you said, they're all pretty much the same. They're all a lot of fun, though. Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, All right. Let's end this week with this new album from Squid called Oh Monolith. How are you feeling about it? Look, man, I only really had a chance to give this one like one and a half listens. This band feels like they can't decide whether or not they want to be King Cruel or Proto-Martyr and decided to try to be both, and I don't think it works the way they want it to. Some, some, there's like some moments on every track that I really like, but then it like kind of devolves into something that it's like, really, man, you had to do that. This feels like, uh, this feels like, 
I don't know. This feels like the the pretentious kid at the record store saying, "I was into the Beatles before you were, man. Before they were cool." <laughs> Jesus, do you have a score stand out for this one? No, neither. So I liked it a little more than you did. This is my first time ever hearing them, and I thought they were pretty good, man. It's like texture heavy prog rock with a lot of interesting percussive elements, and I thought pretty good use of distortion. The synths were incorporated pretty well. It's not in my personal realm of taste, but it's hard not to kind of be impressed with their semi-out-of-the-box approach to a genre that is always kind of out of the box. I think it's a hard crowd to stand out in, and I think this album maybe does that. Uh, Overall, though, personally, I'm feeling like a strong six on this one. My standout is Greenlight. Maybe it's because it's the most King Cruel sounding of the bunch, though, (laughs) like you were pointing out. Maybe maybe I'll give it another listen, but uh, from the one I did... The, the one listen I one and a half lessons I did give it it what didn't it didn't wow me and with so much other art rock this week it was just like I have I have more proto martyr to listen to you know what I'm saying I agree although I I am surprised you didn't think of it higher I figured you were gonna love this one based on the listen I gave it so yeah maybe circle back to it in a few weeks you might you might like it a little more maybe I will uh all right man that does it for us this week. Join us next week when we'll be breaking down new albums from Kiana Lede, Killer Mike, King Gizzard, and Queens of the Stone Age. If you liked this show, don't forget to like, follow, subscribe. You can find us on Instagram and Reddit. Just search Brandon's Face Pod. And make sure that you follow the playlist this podcast is based on. You can find the link to that in the show notes. It's updated weekly. We do our best to short sort it by genre. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you all next week. Peace. Peace.